so uh, are you able to think for yourself uh, or are you influenced by Paul Scholes? Um, I imagine I've been subtly influenced by Paul Scholes over the years. I'm not sure to what extent, but um, I, I think I'd like to think I formed my own opinion of Manchester United over the last couple of weeks. Well, I, I think there's three things that, that may have influenced you. So tell me, tell me whether you believe any of these three things. OK. Number one. Salford City is the greatest football club on the earth. Uh, number two, Oldham is the greatest football club on earth. Or three, United are really boring and Van Gaal is killing the team. I don't believe any of those things, actually. No? No. Oh dear. Passed, failed, passed and failed the influence test. So anyway, um, I, it's not the only talking point of this week, but uh, Van Hull has been out and firing. Um, he's, he's not happy that the fans have been chanting for United to attack, attack, attack uh, in the last two games against CSKA and West Brom. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, against West Brom, they were very um, irregular chants and they weren't, you could, you could hear they weren't being taken up. You know, there was a lot of chance. It was actually a decent atmosphere against West Brom. There was a lot of big supportive chance, and and the attack, attack, attack chance were pretty quiet. I thought um, against CSKA Moscow, though, there was a totally different story. That was a, a very noisy, borderline mutinous crowd, and um, it's interesting that he cited the influence of Skulls. I, I think politically, it's probably a bit of a mistake for him to say that. I think it's kind of unnecessary to bring that back up and create another news cycle about it, especially after United had just won. Well, quite, yeah, he should have been talking positives, yeah. I, 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 we talked about Paul Scholes last week. I mean, there's there's definitely some uh, nuance to be had in this argument. Not everything Scholes says I happen to agree with, uh, but on the on the premise of this United side is a bit soporific and, and, and it, you know, it's too conservative and there aren't enough players attacking and taking risks and, and not creative enough, then I, I happen to agree with him. And and uh, that Moscow game, I guess we should talk about the Moscow game, was a classic example of that. So United had a lot of possession, uh, but so much of it is going sideways and so much of it is is harmless possession. Um, and, and Van Gaal talks about having to move defensive teams out of shape, and that's very true, but it's very hard to do when you're very one-paced and quite narrow as a team, isn't it? But... <laughs> To me, like some of those criticisms apply, but they apply less to that Moscow game than they have to many of our games this season because, like, Jesse Lingard, every time he got the ball, was kind of running at players out wide, basically. True. Yep. Yep. Uh, he was the. the- bright spot in that sense. I mean, you know, we can, we can analyse his performance and and he's pretty wasteful with the ball and not actually very successful with any crosses, or in fact any, uh, except for the assist, which doesn't go down as a cross because it wasn't a cross. That kind of analysis, though, is like, it's part of what had smoke coming out of my ears at that game a little bit because here's the crowd going absolutely nuts calling for the team to attack. And they didn't mean attack. The, the, the subtext of this is important, and that's what Van Gaal doesn't seem to have acknowledged at all, because he says, we were attacking for 85 minutes of that game, and he's right. We were in possession trying to create chances for 85 minutes of that game, but what the crowd are talking about is the style of attack. And yet, when Lingard would lose the ball when he took a man on, you'd have people going, oh, for goodness sake, what are you doing? Yeah, well, I mean, of course, it's the fickle nature of fandom, isn't it? You know, And, and look, with, with Lingard, he's... He's 20 years, well, 22 years old and, um, you know, he's developed a little more slowly than some other players have, but that's fair enough. And and now he's taking his chance in the first team and he's had, you know, two decent games, two very good games you know, in, in the context of of uh, being Jesse Lingard. You know, I think in five years' time we'll want a lot more out of him than that. But um, he's been the bright spark over the last two games. And and to come back to your, your earlier point, yeah, look, these two games have been much better than um, in the last sort of the three that came before it. Yeah. Uh, at least United created chances. Five shots on target against Moscow. That was five times as many as against Crystal Palace. So, you know, that's bonus. Yeah, and they were real actual shots as well, unlike that one against Crystal Palace, which yeah, should well, be quite. Like called a back pass on target if we've been accurate. Or, or, or to give it its uh, technical name, a Rooney. The Lingard thing, you say we want more from him in five years, and maybe you're right, but he got an assist in the, the CSKA game and the opening goal against West Brom. So the output's there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he, he was not very much involved against West Brom. So it's, you know, I guess it's, um, it's, it's hard to analyse it in 
you know, the kind of pure terms you'd want to. You know, he just didn't have that many touches. But he's, yeah, he's got a goal. I mean, the, the goal, the quality he showed for the goal he scored against West Brom was more than I suspected he had um, after seeing him, you know, under 21 level and on loan and in many summer tours and stuff like that. So, um, you know, awesome, awesome quality there to stroke it in on the first touch. I was a bit surprised when you compared him to Valencia because that's never been my take on him that he's that sort of player because because of that, the skill that he showed for that goal seems to be like, definitely on pre-season tours, like this is, we should just name our pre-season tours after Jesse Lingard, he's so good at them. But it was great to see him do that in the first team, and I must confess, I got a tiny bit choked up because there's been all this talk about United's identity, and does Van Gaal even care about it? And here he is, Jesse Lingard, kid that's, you know, <laughs> there's loads of pictures of him as a literal baby in the United top. Um, and he's been at the club since he was eight, and you know he was trained by Cristiano Ronaldo when Cristiano Ronaldo had straggly uh, blonde bits in his hair that's how long he's been around yeah look and it's great it's great uh, a young player coming through we we talked earlier in the season about potentially that record of 3,500 and whatever games of a, an academy player being in the squad perhaps coming to an end and it doesn't look like it Will do. No. Uh, because, you know, Lingard has made a breakthrough and there, there have been some other young players come through, including Borthwick Jackson, who played against West Brom. So that's positive. And, and that, that's the side of the game that Van Gaal is prepared to take risks on. So he's prepared to draft in young players who've really not had any experience. Uh, in the case of Borthwick Jackson, pretty much none other than a few under-21 games this season and then in the academy before that. So that's the risk-taking. What he isn't prepared to take a risk in is the style of play, right? And so whatever whatever the numbers are, number of shots and, and all of that, and however much possession United have and, and Van Gaal sees that as attacking it's a strange style of football to bring to United and a strange style of football for England really uh, pretty much I, you know Arsenal definitely don't play this even if they play a possession game and and United supporters are translating it differently than Van Hal has and I wrote this much earlier in the season I mm. um, wrote uh, you know said Van Hal has been lost in translation right and it's very true right and fans are not going to get it because it's very very different and it is you know soporific as I said and until United are able to get enough attacking players with some pace and inventiveness up front it's going to continue like that because he's not going to change the style um, and you know maybe he recognises that and that's why Lingard has been drafted in but something has to to happen because otherwise it's it's going to be really really tight from here till the end of the season. Well, okay, but the flip side of this is he has done something about it. Brought Lingard into the side, moved Martial central for two games in a row. Even though it didn't work great against Moscow, he stuck with it, and it was much more effective against West Brom. Yeah, no, very, no, very true. Yeah, I mean, totally. He he's he's tried to make a change there. Unfortunately, he hasn't made the big change he needs to but (laughs) he did he did we'll come on to that we will come on to that because the CSKA game there was a lot of there was kind of a long period of sound and fury signifying nothing and the peak there was two moments of peak mutiny in the crowd the one was half time when people just went absolutely ballistic screaming attack 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 which was kind of they're the closest thing they could get to booing the side off the pitch when because they realised that, you know, booing the side off the pitch wasn't what they wanted to do, but it was a kind of deep, visceral expression of frustration with the style of play. Um, then the second one was when people just gave up the subtext when he took Martial off and brought Fellaini on and the whole ground just filled with boos, which... I don't think anyone can remember a time when a substitution was booed at Old Trafford. No, I mean, I, I don't uh, really, you know, forever. It just doesn't happen. And, and that was not pre-planned and it was instinctive, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, yeah. This is a young kid who's done very well for United. He's clearly very high quality. He hasn't scored many goals recently, although he hasn't played up front that much recently either. And, you know, he's exciting. He's the one piece of excitement in the team. Well, not the one, but, you know, he's a major piece of excitement in the team and people want him in the team. He wasn't having a good game. So in kind of purely logical terms, you can go, well, he wasn't having a good game. Uh, Van Hal's right to change things up. But, but that game needed United attacking with some pace, 
definitely needed that uh, and because for all that possession uh, there there weren't you know there weren't enough of those really great chances five shots on target in the end um, and you know so it just didn't didn't make much logical sense to anybody instinctively I think and that's why the boots rang out yeah absolutely and 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 then seconds after that Rooney being moved up front gets an absolutely guilt-edged chance I have to say I haven't seen it back but from where I was sat, it looked... Well, he, he almost fell over his own feet. But then, he, as the banter narrative said on Twitter, he proved that form is temporary, but the ability to take 50% of the chances you get from two yards out is permanent. And he found the back of the net, and the crowd went absolutely ballistic again, as did Rooney. Right, yeah. He was about three inches from missing that one. <laughs> <laughs> Very high into the roof of the net from that unmarked header from about, yeah. Bro, banter narrative's being a bit generous there. It's more like four yards out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a f- phenomenal moment of just release all around the ground and release for Rooney and ridiculous smugness for Van Gaal. <laughs> It's like he was like, see, shouldn't have booed my substitution. We've scored now. Martial wouldn't have scored that. It's like, no, he wouldn't have needed yeah. to. We'd have scored the one before. But uh huh. Yeah, I, I look. I mean, it's uh, we we had a very long rant about Rooney, so we don't need to. He's uh, last week. Yeah, and he's we been had a very long. Rant. He's been a little bit. He was okay against West Brom. I thought <laughs> we'll come on to that. Um, I well, we will because I I thought it was quite poor, but we can we can come on to that. So what what, what more do we need to say about CSK? I mean, it's a it's a really important victory. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's it leaves United, I think, one victory away. I think I think that's right. It's seven points, so ten. I think pretty much guarantees United uh, qualify for the next round. That's home against PSV in a couple of weeks' time. You'd think United would be favourites to win that one, and and so you know it leaves the away game at Wolfsburg not counting for much. Much, hopefully, apart from top in the group, potentially. Right? Apart from top in the group, yeah, and you know, I guess that's important. Not, not that any of us really believe that United are going to go on and win the European Cup. Do oh we? no, but an easy draw got us to the final in 2011, didn't it? And that wasn't a vintage United side. Yep, yep. So, uh, I mean, I guess so. If we want to um, keep going on in the competition and all that, so I guess we'd rather not get. Bayern Munich, who are quite good. <laughs> they are. Um, might come on to that as well later. Um, the, the, the one thing I would like to say about the CSKA game is it, it is quite difficult to break down teams that are literally not interested in attacking. It is, but you know the best sides do, right? So I, I, I knew this. But we did as well. We did. That's the other thing. Like we did. Yeah, five. Well, five shots on target. So I was, uh, I was, I kind of had a mental exercise, right? I thought, well, look, am I, am I being unfair? Is uh, Van Hal basically his position is uh, teams don't come and try and attack us, uh, therefore we have to be really patient. Okay, fair enough, you know. But uh, I, I thought, okay, well, who, who's the best analogy here? Maybe it's Barca because they play the same kind of ball retention. Um, game plan, sort of these days, not not quite to the extent that Van Hal's team does. And and I went and had a look at the the number of chances they create, and and it's basically double the amount United do week on week. But yeah, but I mean, like nobody's arguing we're as good as Barcelona, are we? Are they? No, but it's the system as well, right? It's going. It's just the the nature of United's passing um, and the one pace nature of it. It just reduces the number of chances. Definitely, it does, right? So I made this point on our pre-season pod right and I thought it was pretty obvious to be honest that if he's going to play this system where he's either you know only got one winger in the side or or both wingers want to cut in basically inside forwards and uh, and and it's all a little bit slow it's going to be really easy to defend you just pull your full backs in and you defend very narrow and very deep and United are going to be in trouble right and and you can go and listen to the preseason pod I probably said exactly that it's just it was kind of obvious and and the thing he really needed was um you know a bit more attacking pace in the final third and and sometimes a different game plan and he bought Martial to sort of sort out the first he's brought he, he did but but he still has no players running from midfield at all and that's the big problem with the system because like the thing about Barcelona is they're playing Messi Neymar and Suarez up front Messi's out but you know it's a different stratosphere of talent right than United's current front three. Sure, but they don't play two holding players. No, absolutely, and this is this this is the the kind of key to it. And I tell you what, they wouldn't play two holding players against West Brom at home. No, all, I you could make a generous argument to Van Gaal that Schweinsteiger isn't exactly a holding midfielder, but 
borderline somewhere. He didn't he didn't play Schneiderlin and Carrick, did he? And um, interestingly, Carrick, who I think I was pretty critical of on last week's podcast, I think has had two really good games back to back. Um, is really important against Moscow and really important again against West Brom. Really, almost like. A bit of a good Carrick coming back. It's been a while since we've seen him. Really sensible use of the ball. Really kind of uh, forward, forward More thinking. Than passes. Ball. Yeah, but like almost like at the moment with the United side, if someone isn't getting a hundred passes, it's like you have to look at it and go, "Well, you're not been trying, have you?" Clearly, David De Gea, ninety nine. No, that's not acceptable, <laughs> son. Mm. Um, Chris Morning, of course, brilliant again against Moscow, called Mike again by Van Gaal. Michael this time. Michael, Michael. yeah, it was Michael this time. But um, that moment when, because that was at 0-0 and Dumbia, who uh, was a big miss for Moscow in the first half, apparently had a slight knock. But he hit the shot, which De Gea managed to parry. The ball fell to Dumbia. Ashley Young just totally lost his footing. And then, and then... I'm watching it going, oh no, we're, we're going to lose this game. And then suddenly Chris Smalling appeared to materialise out of thin air. Yeah, I mean, at first it looked like uh, Ashley Young had managed to block it when falling over. I, I think he got into the box and the ball's coming at him. He just instinctively fell over. <laughs> He's a disgrace. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, he is. <laughs> He's not. He's not a disgrace. And Roy Keane, he is a Man United player, but anyway. Well, yeah, it, literally, he is. Yes, he has a contract with Manchester United. I don't know, maybe disgrace is a strong word, but it's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? He just Yeah, it's not ideal. But he hasn't done it for ages. He's clearly been trying. Not hard enough, son. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but then just, just Chris Morning again, brilliant. And it was brilliant again against West Bromwich. It's, it is, it's every week. He's just brilliant. And this is very nice to see. I, I mean, you said like the Lingard performance needs a bit of analysis, but he, he got man of the match afterwards. And I think it was totally deserved that he got man of the match. And it was, it was really interesting because in more ways than one, he really represented Manchester United in, in the old school sense. First of all, in the you know he's an academy player and uh, since a tiny age he's a local lad all that kind of stuff but then just prepared to take risks to get the ball to run at people to 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 hit crosses into the box to just you know to constant as he said in himself in his post-match interview he just wants to do things to try and get the crowd out of their seats yeah I think that's totally fine so he's the one player who's trying to do that right in that in that game or you know the, the main player who's trying to do that so in in that sense the man of the match award um, it's fair enough. I mean, the quality wasn't always there, but he's the one player taking on players and putting crosses in. Um, and, and that was important. United need that. And, and when if you've got someone taking on players and putting crosses in, it's not always going to work. You have to be prepared. You have to accept failure if you're going to demand risk. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it, it's interesting because uh, you look at Jesse Lingard and you look at him as a, a classic player that Van Gaal might not like very much because of his wastefulness. With But he loves him, doesn't he? He absolutely loves him. Apparently he does, yeah. I mean, if you if you gave uh, Angel Di Maria those stats, you might be going, hmm, look how much actually waste the ball <laughs> yeah but then I'd be on the other end of that going yeah but he's the one that was trying and the one that made the telling difference so and, and a balanced team has both of these things you know and it's, it's United definitely need it and and whatever happens with Lingard right now he's you know he's the best option definitely because the pay is uh, nowhere near the team and he had uh, he had his short, short cameo and was awful. <laughs> Launched one into the the stands, didn't he? So he's going to have such a good season next season. Let's let's hope so, and let's hope he. That's my story, and I'm sticking stops, to it. Uh, stops partying and uh, stops uh, uh, being obsessed with Instagram and uh, dressing like a Peruvian panpipe player. That's such a strong look. I don't know. All these old people dissing Memphis's amazing Peruvian panpipe look. It's like, yeah, just jealous because you're not young. <laughs> um, also. I'm sure at his age we both put together some pretty dodgy ensembles, Ed. Nothing that bad. You say bad. You say bad. I think you mean awesome. Hmm. (laughs) Anyway, talking of awesome, Man United against West Bromwich Albion. No, after the CSKA Moscow game, I was lucky enough to go into the mix zone and had a quick chat with a man who got a little cameo in that game uh, and a slightly longer cameo against West Brom. I asked Ander Herrera how it felt to 
have his name sung from the stands. How does it feel when uh, the fans are chanting for you, when they, they want you to come on? Uh, they show me every day his uh, day support. I am very thankful. And they give me the strength to, to keep fighting, to, to keep uh, playing as good as possible and giving everything for, for this club. I definitely love you. Thank you. Very good. I tried I tried to have a word with Rooney. He wouldn't talk to me. I don't think it's because he knew who I was. It would be good if he did know who you were and wouldn't talk to you because of it. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. That would, that would be quite good. In fact, we'd have to get a little, uh, a little ident done. Rank cast. Not listened to by Wayne Rooney. <laughs> I didn't. I thought I was like it would be super unprofessional here to say to ask Ander Herrera to say this is Ander Herrera. You're listening to the Rancast, so I did not do that. Uh, you, well, you're going to have to in uh, in one uh, one one of your episodes into the, the press box. <laughs> yeah, at some point. Yeah, it was kind of interesting to be in the mix zone because it's not something I've done before because it's a Champions League thing really rather than than do it at league games and just a very peculiar thing where the players just walk past a load of journalists and some of them stop and chat and others don't stop and chat and but they still have to go past them to get out I uh, I asked Anthony Martial for a word in French, but he, he wouldn't talk to me. Rude. Don't like him anymore. Well, no. No, he was dead. He was dead polite about it. And and to be honest, like if I was them, I wouldn't want to talk to me after I've just played a really complicated football match. Very good. Well, that was CSKA. You know, bright and uh, bright, brighter than the three previous games, and then on to West Brom. A little brighter still. Yes, absolutely. Another game where. The opponents had no interest in attacking. Van Gaal afterwards saying perhaps the fact that these two results have come back to back will make coaches think they might have to try a different tactic. No, it won't. And uh, because sometimes that tactic still works. Yeah. Um, And and it's the best tactic to play against United right now because uh, we're so slow in the final third. But, but, you know, we... uh, we put the pressure on, sort of. I, uh, I, I obviously watched the game and then afterwards I was thinking, geez, that, that really could have been nil-nil in the end. Could have been another one. It could, could have been five in a row, really, given the CSK Moscow wasn't far off being that as well. Uh, and uh, then when checked all the stats, yep, not too many, three shots on target. Actually, 36% of the game played in the West Brom third, which is not bad for any, if you go check the stats out, that's, that's higher than normal. But you know, there's just this kind of sense that maybe maybe we're being kind of um, a bit, you know, there's some rose-tinted glasses about the the Fergie era, but there's a sense that a Fergie team would have gone for the throat there, and this, this team just doesn't do that. I mean, I think a Fergie team would have struggled to break that team down and then eventually got a fairly unexciting 2-0 win. I think that's most likely what would have happened. It's like that. We've built a lot of league titles on slightly uninspiring 2-0 home victories. Not the same sort, but, you know, the same kind of ultimate outcome. I think a, such a big part of our problem as a team is, and and such a big part of the frustration is just, like, lack of execution in the final third. It's such a huge part of the problem because you do all this build-up play and it does take longer to get the chances to develop, but then when the chance is missed or the final ball is fluffed, it does become even more frustrating because there's been such a long build-up to it. But that's the other thing, right? Because United play in one way all of the time there's almost no open space um, and there's no broken play either right this is not a team that's going to attack on the break and t- you know, unless they hit a long ball out to Anthony Martial in the channel right and that's that's really the only time that ever happens and that's just so easy to defend against you know and and there aren't enough angles in the th- final third that United have a lot of three balls they just aren't right um against any team so um i think there's a way to go you know i think there's an assumption that um van Hal will get he's got the defensive bit right he'll get the attacking bit right and i'm not i'm not sure that's necessarily the case right because um at the moment it's not kind of clicking together in that way and he's had 18 months at the club um but oh yeah oh Big, big, big Russell there, you moved something. He, he's had 18 months at the club, but that doesn't mean he should have fixed everything. Like, he's had 18 months at the club, totally rebuilt the squad, got them incredibly well organised. So those those are two big factors. And the attacking side isn't right. I don't think... Well, if you if by what you mean by he's, is he going to get the attacking side right, are we going to, like, play, like, a fantastic dynamic possession football in the final third and scored tons of goals from it. I'm not convinced that's 
what is going to happen. But is he going to get the attack right that much more often than not we win these games where we've got 70% of possession and the team, the other team comes to just defend? That I think he's got a reasonable chance of getting the attack right. And some of the personnel changes have meant that, you know, Martial being there is a huge factor. He was just incredible against West Brom. Uh, Didn't score, but did win the penalty and almost certainly would have scored if he hadn't been taken out but just you know so so he's a, this huge threat so I think in that sense I don't know it just feels like Van Gaal's getting a huge amount of criticism a good deal of it warranted but there is this kind of sense that we're not that there isn't this acceptance that what he has actually done is actually a big achievement you know yeah sure it is you know um United have scored 17 goals Chelsea in 16th have scored 16 goals the only thing that is keeping United in Champions League contention is the fact that he's created a a really good and sound defence just eight goals conceded in the Premier League this season that's the that's the only thing so that's a big achievement right he's keeping United in contention but on every on every count that you know in terms of the attacking football United are in the bottom half of the table shots shots on target shots chances created um, number of passes in the final third. You know, it's just every attacking stat. Uh, United are really far down there, right? And the fans at Old Trafford might not be looking through pages and pages of stat zone and stato and and who's scored and you know and, and opta data and all of that kind of <laughs> stuff. But they know instinctively that there's something not quite right about this this United side, and they know that instinctively when he's playing two holding midfielders every week. You know, well, however you class Schweinsteiger, he's not a number eight anymore. Um, and because uh, he's not bursting ahead of the ball, um, and and you know another problem. But so there, there look, look, there may be he may maybe you'll fix it, maybe you'll fix it. I don't know. You know, you yeah, the the more negative of Van Hal watchers who who saw him build sides at Barcelona and Bayern Munich keep saying, I told you so, basically. And uh, you know his teams just play a bit like this, and and maybe they'll just be better, right? And we're heading towards some of the better Jose Mourinho sides at Chelsea, uh, where they were pretty functional but scored a lot of goals. This this notion of like, are we going to click? Is there more to come? And I certainly think there's more to come in terms of quality in the final third. I think that's pretty evident. And actually, I think there's been a few signs of that here and there. You know we keep going on about this, but we went for an extended stretch where we scored three goals every other game, you know, and we're not far off that against West Brom. Although, to be honest, we were lucky to get two. Um, but, you know, this notion, because you mentioned in contention for Champions League places, obviously that's the realistic target. We're also two points off the top again, you know, because everyone else around us dropped points this week. And it is kind of frustrating because you think, well, if this was a proper vintage United side, we'd be absolutely walking the league this season. But I think the defensive thing, last this time last year, our defenders couldn't look at each other without falling over and conceding a goal. You know, so there's like a completely different structural integrity to the team. And then the problem is the final third is not effective and is quite dull. But We've just won two games in the bounce, on the bounce playing this kind of football, you know. And I think you said this last week, like Van Gaal will get away with this as long as the results are okay. Yeah, and he's got a good run coming up. I mean, you know, it's um, it, Watford after the international break and then and then PSV and then um, uh, Leicester and West Ham will be tough. Um, but then but you, you look at December and it's not so bad, you know. United should be in contention by the new year. Yeah, absolutely. And there'll be other frustrating games and other difficult games. The, the, the couple of little highlights about the West Brom game, I mentioned the Martial performance, the, the take where I think it was in the first half, oh. he takes it on his yeah, yeah. Uh, he takes it on his right and sets up a shot for his left or the other way round. Right, right. It just saved. Yeah, there's one of three United shots on target, the other two being uh, the goal and right. the penalty. But just a few little moments of absolutely sumptuous brilliance from Martial. You're totally right. I mean, he's got everything as a player, as we've said, and uh, and those moments kind of... He might not have scored very many recently, but um, that's another frustration. Sorry, but why? Why? What kind of mental breakdown do you have to have to move that guy out of your out of being your central striker and shipping onto the wing you know so Rooney can play out front doesn't doesn't make any sense so hopefully that doesn't happen again this season yeah he's he's tried it and to try and get something out of Rooney I guess Um, so Rooney was taken off and I 
quite literally, this is not an exaggeration, when the guy held up his number, I sat pretty much right behind it, and I just went... <gasps> I was like a genuine gasp of shock that that had happened. And, and what I put it down to is that Rooney had an OK game. I'm not I'm not saying he was brilliant. I'm saying I would say that's probably the best game he's had mm. as in terms yeah. of overall performance since Bruges. No, it's not saying much. I mean, he he uh, he not saying made much, one but... successful pass into the box. He's United's number ten, and um, I don't know. That's enough, really. Uh, so uh, I, you know what? You know what? Uh, the way I'd characterise the way he played against West Brom, he looked like he was Michael Carrick playing at number ten, right? So he got the ball and he knocked it sideways. And, and that's it. That's all he did. That's all he did. But, but all I'm saying is when he got the ball, it didn't bounce 20 yards off him. And when he tried to find a, another United player, more often than not, by a big margin, it went to another United player. And, and those two basics, even when he has been playing like that, have not been the case of late. No, how, how low our expectations have sunk. Yeah. Quite. Yeah, I think you got an eight in Dream Team. <laughs> so funny. It's, oh, it's just. But anyway, um, that's yeah. Clearly, he is no world beater at the moment. But as as you said earlier, we don't need to go on another big rant about Rooney. But all all I'm saying is, I think that's why he was taken off because he wasn't abysmal. So it's like Van Gaal doesn't want to destroy his confidence. And of course, the substitution bore brilliant fruit because. West Brom were more kind of open after they went 1-0 down. God, West Brom were an absolute disgrace, though, in that game. Time-wasting at 0-0 from 20 minutes in. They were When they, had, they took a player off at 1-0, and he just kind of really slowly strolled off the pitch. It's like, you're time-wasting at 1-0 down now, you know, right? Um, but then they, they did have this incredibly good chance for Berahino. Right, yeah. Late, late on, which... It's just pure luck that he didn't score that from a United perspective. Yeah, amazing that he didn't score. That that would have changed the scope of the game completely, one all. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, two two other things to say about West Brom. Uh, Fletcher bursting through through two United players <laughs> and into the final third. So, okay, he looks a bit tasty. And then Johnny Evans, he had a good game. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> he did, but. There was this moment in the first half where I was like, oh, I'm really glad that Martial running at Evans isn't some other team playing against us. <laughs> you know, it's nice that it's like Johnny Evans played for the team, but, you know, he did a good job, Evans did. He's never been a bad player. No, no, he's never been a bad player. Uh, was once uh, one of the top five central defenders in the world. I think performances like yesterday show exactly why. Um, You're visionary there, Paul. <laughs> yeah, clearly. No, it's brilliant to see Darren Fletcher always because he's a superhero. Every minute of this season, Fletcher's played. He's a superhero. The man is a superhero. There's no other like explanation for it. He's, he basically should be dead. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but instead he plays every minute for a Tony Pulis side. Very good. Well, there you go. Look, look, two victories. So, yeah, we can analyse in depth the... Uh, the performances and and it's still not what we want, but that's two victories and and that's you know it's positive momentum behind United, um, much more positive momentum than there are at um, Chelsea, uh, maybe even City, you know, drew drew at the weekend and um, uh, Arsenal drew as well. So there you go, we're moving. We are. I mean, just very quickly before we totally finish on the West Brom game, the ball from Herrera to Martial, the run from Martial, shows what we can do if we ever do get the opportunity to counter-attack and Herrera's on the pitch, like those things. And then Mata's penalty, he's he's very committed to keeping himself on penalties, isn't he? He is, and, and uh, yeah, it's a good job that the keeper dived out of the way, otherwise he'd look very silly with that one. Um, so, like, yeah, uh, Herrera... Um, he he's not a natural number ten. He's he just doesn't seem to play like he doesn't play like say Mesut Ozil, who's you know having the best season of his life. Um, I wouldn't say he's a natural number ten. He's more like a, like an eight and a half, right? And uh, but what he does that no other player in the United midfield does is get the ball and move it really quickly you know he speeds up the game and and with some real accuracy and he does break ahead of the ball you know it's just as mental as it is to move Martial out of the striking position to the left wing it's mental to not have Herrera in this side this United side desperately needs Herrera in it yeah I You'll get no argument from me a man who quite literally made a puppet of Ander Herrera this week if uh, if you haven't seen that uh, this is on the Unmaxit YouTube channel. You'll find it on 
Paul's Twitter feed at UTD Rantcast. It's um, it's a mix of puppets, uh, some interesting accents, superb accents, Michael, superb accents. Yeah, I think. Well, they, they are all superb. It kind of, kind of Wayne Rooney as Jan Mulby. Slightly threw me that one. Slightly, and when Robert Mugabe came into it, I was like, "What?" See, this is just this is he's. I'm just being insulted now. This is what that's happening. No, but it's because you, you, you know, you lived in uh, that part of the world, so you hear Spanish as uh, a Zimbabwean accent, is I the... think. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's, he's deeply offended now. He's going to walk off the pod. He's, that's it. That's The mic's gone. He's, he's off. It's very good. It's, uh, it's very entertaining. <laughs> it's easily the stupidest thing I've ever done, um, and you can check it out on the Umaxic YouTube channel. They asked me to do it. They, I mean, to be fair, to be honest... They didn't exactly ask me to do that, but that's what happened. Anyway, yeah, so please check that out. I thought it was kind of ironic in a way that you were asked to do a take on uh, when United were good in the mid-90s and you did the internet version of the (laughs) mid-90s. Yeah, so uh, when I say watch it, what I mean is if you like really silly stuff, watch it. And if you don't like silly stuff, don't watch it because it's really silly. Yeah, so United are winning uh, again, which is fantastic. Um, not two vintage performances, but two better performances. We're still keeping clean sheets. It's now been 555 minutes since United have conceded a goal, which is like absolutely extraordinary. In fact, um, let's do some Twitter questions. At Eddie Rose 13 says, uh, will United ever concede again? Never, never, no. Yes, United will concede again. Uh, And it will quite possibly come in the next game. Who knows? But uh, at the moment, you know, very, very very strong in defence. Here's a really interesting question. I think it speaks to what you were talking about, Ed. At Don McDowell says, what's the perfect combination in midfield? I'm not feeling the two holding midfielders. Surely a three would be better. Yeah, so I think the natural move for Van Gaal is to play 4-3-3 just with the balance of the players he's got. There's no room for Rooney in a 4-3-3, of course. They... uh, I was going to say at Datarant, we we forget people's real names in the, the world of Twitter. Uh, Jay, who does the the data stuff on United Rant, wrote a very good piece about um, how uh, Van Hal is trying to accommodate Rooney into his team at the moment. Looked at some data around that, um, and I think that's right. And his argument was that United need to shift to four three three, and I think he's right there too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at Happy Hero, with a very difficult question, what Star Wars character best represents Louis Van Gaal? I mean, I'm slightly worried at the moment that it's someone transitioning from the light side to the dark side um, of the force because you know he's gone from playing this gorgeous free-flowing total football to a kind of increasingly functional and depressing brand of football as he's got older um, but maybe there'll be a glorious redemption at the end of it. He'll be Darth Vader in a good way. Yeah well at least he's not David Moyes because David Moyes was Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Oh, Moisey's about to get sacked if he hasn't already been. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's been in the job forty-one games, made it to fifty forty-two games, made it to fifty-one at United. So I don't know, it had a nice kind of symmetry if they gave him another nine games, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, just I don't know, I don't know what you'd give David. Oh, it, you know, he's in theory he's got there's definitely a level at which he can do a good job. He proved that with Everton for years. Yeah, I, I see the future and I see the championship. Oh dear. You know, he's Premier League Manager of the Year three times or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, there's not obviously a, a team, but, you know, someone gets sacked, don't they? Yeah. So, don't they? So, um, he'll get another job back in England. Of course he will. Yeah. Okay. At Gary underscore 1105 says, do you think Van Gaal really gets the fans? No, I don't. And um, and, and I think I, I kind of, I'm not sure whether I, in my long ramble earlier, I made that clear. I don't think he gets it because I think the, the fans have an expectation that's different and Van Gaal is not understanding the root cause of their problem, right? So to blame skulls and say, effectively, United fans are sheep following skulls and they don't really know what they're talking about um, is, is the wrong answer, right? So, um, and I've said, I've tweeted this a few times and it's very hard in 160 characters to put this eloquently, but I think Van Hal needs to acknowledge the problem and he thinks possession is attacking. United fans don't think that. Um, and it's a really broad brush to paint, but I think this is the underlying problem, right? So when United have the ball and it's going sidewards, sidewards, sidewards in the final third, Van Hal's doing that to try and move the, move the opposition around, right? But because there's no real pace in the final third and we don't have a proper number 10... 
you can play those balls, not much is happening. And f- fans just are frustrated with that. Lost in translation. I would say that a couple of things. So first of all, I think the non, no number 10 is a much bigger problem than the lack of pace currently. So there is actually quite a lot of pace in our front line now. But the, the passing's a bit one tempo because of the number 10 problem and the two holding midfielders problem, right? You solve both of those with Herrera or either of them with Herrera. Um, the other thing is I think the lost in translation thing is a big problem, not just in terms of the, the football, but but in terms of what Van Gaal says and how it's interpreted. So he was extremely positive about the fans in that press conference. Like he he said, I've said this repeatedly. And in in my opinion, it's just my opinion, I believe he is being sincere when he says this. He says, this is a group of fans unlike any he's known. Unlike Barcelona fans, unlike Bayern fans, they're, 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 they are a unique the best group of fans he's ever worked with. That's that's his take on it. And and I, I do believe he's being sincere about that. Not that somehow United fans are magical and special or whatever, but just there is a kind of bond between United fans and their manager that you don't necessarily get everywhere because we had Fergie so long and Bosby for so long and all that kind of stuff. Anyway. Yeah, that, that may be true. But, you know, what, I think when he then makes comments uh, about, you know, the fans need to have a think whether they should be yelling, I think the problem is he then makes all the stuff he says about how great the fans are sound like it's a bit of a brush off right and it's that bit it's a bit insincere and then out comes what he really thinks which is you should shut up because you don't get it so and i'm not saying that's true but that that is kind of how it makes it sound and comes out sometimes exactly and that's the thing this is this is the thing i think it's it's kind of partly a problem of presentation because he also said and this is where i think he really does get the fans he also says what i think what i know the fans think is that we should be better attacking at team against teams who are parking the bus didn't say it in so many words but that is almost exactly what he said. didn't say parking the bus but he he said i believe that the fans think we should be better against teams that come to sit defending against us and yeah he also said i think that the fans should have a think about when they're yelling attack 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 when we are attacking but i also don't think he's totally wrong about that you know i I think you can totally understand the frustration you can totally you know from the fans perspective you can see that what the what the subtext of what they're saying actually is but but i i i can see van gaal's perspective of that too you know nuance isn't it middle ground and all that yeah and there's no room for that on the internet <laughs> or in football stadiums apparently at Soskia 1878 says five cantonals United win Chelsea Liverpool City Arsenal dropping points Rooney subbed has Christmas come early ha. well maybe yeah apparently so because you know November turns it turns to first in November and out come all the Christmas decorations and shopping and stuff like that so yeah United uh, had their Christmas party on the 5th of November right um, yeah which at the time I was slightly concerned is just because Van Gaal loves Christmas so much he just worried he's going to be sacked by Christmas and not get to go to the Christmas party it's like right no it's super super early and uh, but I guess that's the only time they could fit it in yeah fixtures and all that around Christmas and Amun Pal Man says is it too early for five cantonals brackets it's never too early in my opinion listen if it was up to me five cantonals would be the first of December but when the nip is in the air and the clocks go back that's when five cantonals gets an airing and it's uh, very cheery of all the early Christmas things it's the most acceptable in my opinion and now we've we've talked about this subject in general quite a lot but there's just something specific i wanted to say about this which is at patrice marrow saying why doesn't lvg just play one central defensive midfielder against teams where our personnel as a whole are better and and like i think we all want him to stop doing that but i do think the reason why is just that he's prizing defensive solidity above everything at the moment because it's our biggest strength and he's trying to play to our biggest strength. And I think it's a mistake. Yeah. But that's why I think he's doing it. I, I think I think that's exactly what he's doing and um you know it comes across as extremely conservative. Um, perhaps the fans should be uh, shouting defense 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 <laughs> or, or we go all basketball and go defense. <laughs> At aka Uncle Stephen, friend of the show, says Herrera or Mata. And they both? Yeah, me too. If I had to have one no, it's like no, you don't have to have one. Matter should play at ten. Yeah. Herrera should play at eight and a half. And, and, uh, and a half. Oh. Yeah, he play another holding midfielder. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, once Memphis is back in form, he can play on the left and uh, and 
Ashley Young and uh, Jesse Lingard can fight it out for the right wing spot. Martial's up front. Yeah, the, the, which leads us nicely to the question by I go many by na- many names at this time. Surely, who says would four three three solve all our problems or only the ones I can think of? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Clearly, there's a transfer window question, but no way are we doing those before December oh, the first. Come on, yeah, no, no, no. Much like Christmas should not start before December. Neither should the transfer window talk. And um, Liz Moore, friend of the rank cast at Liz Worsley, says, "What is the obsession with short corners? We used to be amazing at set pieces, but what's happened now? We used to be amazing at set pieces. There is a heck of rose tinted spectacles because for the last five years of Alex Ferguson's Man United career, we were a total disaster from set pieces." pieces after Ronnie left so so the pattern of a corner now is yeah get the corner don't win very many either by the way two against West Brom Um, and uh, get the corner and uh, yeah pass it short and then work it very very slowly back into midfield and then recycle it around midfield a few times no no it's worse than that like they're knocking it back to Blint every time uh-huh. and Blint's putting an outswinger in from the left every time they get a corner on the left and I, I don't understand why they're not mixing it up except for then when they do mix it up they hit the first man so it's like okay well fair enough why doesn't Blint just take the corners um, I don't get it I don't know he's got to do better than Rooney yeah uh, when when I, I was very confused um, when we went 1-0 up and uh, Van Gaal immediately sent Phil Jones out to warm up I was like oh god He's just a parody of himself at this point. Um, But he obviously took him, he put him on for Ashley Young, which is pretty sensible, really. But somebody joked, yeah, it's to improve the quality of our set-piece delivery. Yeah, very good. Um, So it's an international break coming up. I I don't know what's going on. I haven't even looked at this. Are there friendlies as well as the playoffs, or is it just the playoffs? Yeah, it's a mixed bag of European Championship qualifiers. Um, so people like the Republic of Ireland are playing Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah, it's the playoffs, isn't it? Playoffs, yeah. A uh, bunch of friendlies. So England, for example, are away at Spain. And France versus Germany looks a bit tasty. Uh, could be good. Belgium. <laughs> Belgium. The, I know, you know, in it's relative been the terms, basis of the number of conflicts, France and Germany looking a bit tasty over the years. It has. It has also. On, on this um, Remembrance Sunday, yes, we should remember the fighting that happens between France and Germany. Well, no, to be honest, because your your fellow cheese-eating surrender monkeys, countrymen, because Paul's French, by the way. I'm as German as I am French, of course. Never really did much fighting. No. Oh, uh, oh um, Hey, listen, my grandparents fought in the resistance, I love you know, and by fought, I mean smuggled butter across the border of the Vichy France into liberated France, the other way around. I, I like a French butter, you know, one of those president butter in the, the kind of... Expensive ones. All right. Yeah. Very good. Um, That's about as good as it gets for international football, I think, talking about butter. We like butter. That's what we've decided. Um, Obviously, all the United lads will be in action, most of them. It'd be fascinating to see what Roy Hodgson does with Rain Rooney, because presumably there's no way he could have it in his contract that he has to play for England. Um, So it'd be really interesting to see... uh, he cannot possibly pick Rooney on form. No, well, I mean, you know, Jamie Vardy has to be in the side on form, although he played out on the wing last time, didn't he, for England? Um, and then Harry Kane seems to have come back into some form after a mm. difficult starts of the season. And, you know, he's got to lead the line for England. And I guess the question then is, does Rooney play sort of just behind him? Uh, you could play Kane behind Vardy, potentially. Kane's pretty pretty neat on the ball and could hold up play and all that stuff. Play a 4-4-2. Mike Bassett, England manager and all that. Andorra playing St. Kitts and Nevis. <laughs> I, you, that kind of game really makes me wonder who thought up that fixture and just how much of a backhander is going on. <laughs> I mean, clearly, look, this is like some money-washing scheme, obviously. Listen, international football is totally clean. This has been proven time and again. It hasn't, has it? Uh, Yeah, what has been proven is that international friendlies are not interesting. International tournaments are wonderful, and I guess we'll probably do podcasts in Euro 2016, right? Um, But um, the 
the build-up to them is not good. Uh, big things at stake, though, in the in the playoffs. United players are involved in that. All right. Well, that's the all we've got to say on the international break. High-quality segment of the show there. Um, and after the international break, there's some actual real football in United go to Watford. So are we doing a, a podcast next week and we can preview Watford then? Um, yes, but just in case we don't for some reason. <laughs> uh, all right. So Watford play a lot of long balls. Uh, basically, and then not that good. But they're they're probably doing okay uh, enough to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, the, looks like it anyway. The problem with this game is that Watford are pretty well organised defensively, so that's it could be another long afternoon really because I don't think they're going to play particularly uh, flowing football. Even though they're at home, I think they'll put a lot of people behind the ball. Uh, we'll have to find a way to break through. I think they will do, and they'll knock long balls up to Troy Deeney, which is the way they do it. Yeah, absolutely. United have not been locking long balls through to anyone, really, apart from the flanks. No, no, they play the ball down the channel for Martial to chase. So, yeah, they're from about 10 or 11% uh, long balls. God. You see, my brain is full of these stats. I should stop reading all these stats <laughs> thing because, you know... It's as Alexi Sale said many years ago, when a piece of information comes into your head, inevitably something else falls out. (laughs) And uh, so I will, yeah, I will forget my, you know, Miss Rant's face or something for some inane stat about Watford's under 16 side. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Talking of uh, young players, we didn't really mention this, but Cameron uh, Borthwick Jackson making his debut a real a real surprise and a, and, a, and a wonderful one right real surprise in that you know he's hardly played for the under 21s either so i mean he's been in the under 21s this season but it's his first season in the under 21s and and mostly played at center back through his sort of academy career and mixed it up in the under 21 so yeah very very good on him he did all right um have you watched that talking of united young players did you watch that Salford documentary in the end i still not have okay. not watched it I will, I will get around to it, but I still have not. The bit where Phil Neville organises a move for one of their young lads to United and he gets a contract is pretty moving and uh, seeing Phil Neville's excitement and that was quite sweet, I thought. Um, he sort of came across quite well, Phil Neville did, out of that documentary. He does. He's, he's all right. Seems like a nice chap. And then Salford played on telly. Um, and they won. And scored an absolute wonder goal. It was, yeah, absolute wonder goal and quite a few people rightly saying, could we sign him up? <laughs> yes. Um, all right, that's enough Rankcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you know where to find us if you need us, and we will be back um, either during or after the international break. Have a good one.